<laughs> Bible says in the in his presence there's fullness of joy. Real real joy. Real joy. Is there anybody right here that feels guilty about anything you've done for the last 25 minutes? Anybody here feel dirty? Anybody feel like you've really done something really bad for the last 25 minutes? Ladies and gentlemen, if there isn't a heaven, and there is, but if there wasn't a heaven, and if there wasn't a hell, this is still a better way to live. A better way to live. It's been an amazing day all We've been living in the overflow of this thing now for over a week. And uh, this day is no exception. This is going to get more and more regular, I guess. It's the truth. You know, I mean, really, what's church for? Is it, I've always believed the Spirit of the Lord comes in two flavors. I believe He's omnipresent, which He's everywhere. Where are you going to go where He isn't already there? But then there's the manifest presence of God. I used to ask people for a long time, who was the first one to get the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost? And I said, well, it had to be Mary, the Blessed Virgin, they always talk about. Or how about Peter, the guy with the keys to the kingdom? How about John, the beloved? Nah. The first one to get the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost was the house. <laughs> said he filled all the house where they were sitting. Before anybody was filled with the Holy Ghost, the house got filled. That's the man, that's manifest. He was already there, but it was only the people that were in that house that were filled with that right there. So when you have church, what is all this stuff with all this, all this money that we've spent and these wonderful songs that we sing and the word that we preach? What, what is all that for? For one, one, one moment when you sense his presence. That's, that's, that's what's all It's just so, that's where we are. Just in his presence. That's where we are right now. In his presence. Fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are these pleasures. They, 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 that's only found in the presence of the Lord. So it's appropriate for me right now to go, go find a place to sit for a bit. Let's, let's sit and soak, okay? Because we got... This is a wonderful day. I want to give you some word that we're going to baptize some people. There'll probably be more people that want to get baptized between, you may have already made up your mind that you need to be baptized. There's a great scripture said, why tarry us or why wait? Get up and go get baptized. You know, that's what it says. It said Peter commanded them to be baptized. It wasn't, hey, is there anybody here that maybe would like to get baptized? He just said, you, you, and you. Get up here in that baptistry now. Go, get I want to read a scripture to you. You've been standing. You don't have to be standing anymore. This is John 4, 24. It said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, must worship him in boredom and dullness and very regulated, quiet, respectful silence. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And then it'll say, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. See, I believe in something called the law of equal exchange. A couple weeks ago, I told you a funny story. How a man bought me these lottery tickets. And that, um, you know, oh God, let me win and I'll buy, pay for the new church. See, that, that's not an equal exchange. That's why gambling and lottery, it's, it's wrong. Because you, you didn't pay for all that, you know. It's not an equal exchange. So look at what the Lord has done for us. Look at the Bible talks about it. He daily loads us with benefits. And you're going, all right, preacher, give me, give me one. How about this? You got air in your lungs. Okay. You got his air in your lungs. You, you, don't, you don't like that? Just do it with me. Just everybody right now go, Let's see how long you can last without breathing. You lost. 
you lost. You know what David said? I, I need you just like I, I need air. And, and I can't, you can't. I, I, I was in a place in Mexico one time where they had a free diving contest. They, they, they hyperventilate to get all the bad air out of their lungs and they, and they go down. I mean, they, these, these people can hold their breath for five minutes. They, 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 they free dive beyond 600 feet. It's just crazy. One breath of it. You don't do that. You, that's, that's a whole life of training. But uh, Okay, so you can last five minutes. Try six. Good luck. How about seven? What's that guy, David Blaine, you know, the street magician? He was going to break the world record for holding his breath. He didn't, he didn't make it. What I'm trying to explain to you is you've got his air in your lungs, his sanity in your mind. You've got his strength in your body. Look what he's done for us. He poured out his spirit. I told you one time, there's only one thing God can congratulate us on, and that's faithfulness. It's his church. It's not my church. It's his church. It's his blood. It's his name. It's his spirit. It's his word. You know, everything's his. So the only thing he can possibly commend us on is well done, good and faithful servant. Our faithfulness. That's it. Look at what the Lord's done for us. So you're telling me that I'm going to serve him hit or miss you know, off and on, where have this mask on Sunday and then go out and be a, just have the morals of a roach Monday through Saturday. Satan's very smart, folks. He'll let you worship God all you want to here today if you'll go back to being carnal tomorrow. He'll let you do, go ahead, talk in tongues and do all that crazy stuff that you want to do. However, if he knows you, you're going to live for him Monday through Saturday, he'll give you a day a week to go to church. He will. So it's just, this is, this is not a fad. This is not the flavor of the month here. This is a lifestyle change. Okay? That, this, this is a lifestyle change. Very, very, very important that you understand it. And because of what God has done for me, I, I owe him back. There needs to be an equal exchange here. Look how what he's done for us. We owe him something. And we don't owe them the leftovers. You know, you read the book of Malachi. Most people think the only scripture in Malachi is that one about tithing. Preachers love that verse. However, if you read the book of Malachi, this is what he's saying. You people go to church and you find roadkill. And you pick up the roadkill and you take that for your sacrifice. And he said, would you give that to the governor? Would you, give that, would you, would you feed that to the governor? How come you give God things that are broken? Leftovers. You go to the starvation army and buy some cheap piece of garbage and then come back and say, hey, you God. No. It's not what he, he's saying. If, if you're going to come to him, he gave you his best. So we deserve, we ought to be willing to give him our best. Okay? Now, I'm on to something here. I could be here for months, but I'm on to something here. Because, because I believe that locked away within this verse is the key to living a victorious life. I really believe it. You're going to have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Because you go to the beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was out form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. And then it says in verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Okay? Here's John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. Was the Word. What I want you to get is this. The, the Spirit is never enough by itself. Okay? Spirit, Spirit of God, has a twin called truth. You have to serve him in spirit and in truth. Or spirit and speaking. You got to say something. If you're going to have a Genesis, Genesis don't begin until God said something. And if you're going to have a new beginning in your life, you're going to have to declare it. You're going to have to be willing to say something. Because from the very beginning, the word teaches that nothing changes until something is spoken. It's not enough just to have God moving. God got to say something. 
and then things change. And, 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 and all, all the power of sound when something is vocalized, okay? So those are the tongues. Here's the interpretation. It's not enough to have the Spirit of God. We've got to say something. That's my met. That's the cliff notes right there, okay? Now let's flesh it out. Um, Isaac Newton, the guy with the apple on the head. Newton was a brilliant mathematician. Newton, Newton put out a lot of amazing stuff, but one of the things, do you, do you know that Isaac Newton went to Bible college? He was a seminary student. He was a wannabe preacher. He, 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 Newton was the first who's credited with, with discovering something called the law of lift. Think, think in your mind, picture a, a shallow stream, a moving stream. Now, now take your foot and put it in that stream. And watch how the water goes around your foot. Okay? That, that's called hydrodynamic. That's the dynamics of water. Okay? So, there's something known as aerodynamic. What, what is aerodynamic? What it, what it is is just, just like you, 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 you have a, a solid, in other words, your foot, and you put it into a liquid... And that liquid flows around your foot. Think of, think of air and, and a plane. Just as you have a solid foot and liquid. Now you've got a solid, which is a plane, being propelled through a gas. Air. Okay? There's probably a picture behind me. This is the cross-section of an airplane wing. The blue thing. Looks like a teardrop. Notice how it's flat on the bottom, but it's not flat on the top. Because when you propel something, when you give it, remember, uh, how's it go? For, for, for an object at rest tends to stay at rest until it's moved on with a higher power. That's why I have 20 extra pounds right there. Because the Krispy Kreme donut was moved on by a higher power, which was my hand. And it got it from there to here to there. Okay? <laughs> An object at rest tends to stay at rest until it's moved. So when you've got an airplane, you have thrust. You have an engine, a propeller. Boom, you have something that pushing it forward, okay? And then you're pushing that solid through air. And if that's why an airplane wing is longer on the top than it is on the bottom. Because as the, as the molecules of air go across... See, the, the air going in the bottom creates something called drag. That's, that's why when the engine fails, the thing falls, kaplop. But, but if you've got that engine moving that solid through air, then the air that flows over the top of it, it's known as the law of lift. It's called thrust. It defies gravity. And, 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 things, and things get lifted up. <laughs> You understand that praise and worship is the rocket fuel of the miraculous. All right? Praise and worship is where the thrust comes from. And as you take your life and put it into this garbage and this mess and this confusion called life, the rocket fuel of praise and worship can enable you to rise above the storm. Okay? Watch, here's, here's Genesis chapter number seven. It'll say something like this. In the 600th year of Noah's life, that's when the flood came, okay? Now the next three chapters are pretty powerful, seven, eight, nine. But, but when you get into chapter nine, listen to this verse I just happened to find yesterday. And all the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. You know what that tells me? The dude lived 350 years after the storm. You can outlive the storm. Let me tell you what I know about storms. Storms don't last forever. They come to an end. But if you'll understand the power of sound. My message today is we're putting our mouth where our money is. We're putting our mouth where our money is. Because as you magnify God... It, 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 it propels you not only through storms, but above storms. 
And you can be like Noah. You can outlast and outlive the storm that's in your life right now. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I discovered high and lifted last year in a prayer meeting on Monday night. I was reading Isaiah chapter six and verse one. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up. So uh, Uzziah was an amazing king. And when he died, Israel went, they went down and, and, and Isaiah is an amazing prophet. And he so, see, prophecy is two things. It's not just foretelling or telling what's going to happen tomorrow. It's foretelling. That's why preaching is prophecy. Okay. That your sons and daughters would prophesy. That doesn't mean all of them have to be like Ann Landers or whatever and, and tell you this is what's going to happen four years from now. But speaking the word of the Lord, foretelling is just as much prophecy as foretelling. You understand what I'm talking about? And so, so here's this guy, this prophet, who realizes in the spirit his nation is, is going down. Sounds familiar to me. But it doesn't end there. He didn't just say when Uzziah died, the whole thing went, which is Greek for, you know, terrible, horrible. You know, four years of Bible school to learn. <laughs> I'm going to save you four years of Bible college today, okay? This is what he said. I didn't just see the nation in trouble. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I, I got asked to, to, to pray next week for the World Day of Prayer in Detroit. And God gave me something. It says, in the last days, there'll be pestilence and there'll be famine. And there'll be earthquakes in different places. And it says, one verse says, kingdom against kingdom. But Matthew will show you this. There's another verse that says, nation against nation. You know what the Greek word for nation is? Ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnic. It's not just talking about two countries fighting. It's talking about two cultures clashing. Does that sound familiar? It's ethnos against ethnos right now. One group of people fussing with another because they got a different color skin or a different culture that they come from. We need healed from that kind of foolishness. Oh, Jesus. We need, we need healed from that. And, 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 and listen, here's, here's Deuteronomy. See, see uh, how, how, how it's, uh, um, here's Psalms 19. 19 and one said, the heavens, not heaven, heavens declare the glory of God. It's plural, multiple heavens, okay? Here's 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse two. He said, I knew a man in Christ over, about a little longer than 14 years ago. Now, if you know your Bible, he's talking about himself. This is Paul, the great missionary, he said, about 14 years ago, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. I don't know. I just know I was caught up to the third heaven. See, I, I, this is conjecture on my part. I can't prove this, but in my gut, I know I'm right. I'm convinced if you could backtrack 14 years from when he wrote that, you're in Lystra in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas and Luke. Now, Luke never mentions himself. He's always the quiet guy in the corner. But Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke's a doctor. Now I understand why Paul had a doctor with him all the time. Because he had all kinds of crazy stuff happen to him. One time he said, five times of the Jews received thy 40 stripes, save one. So five times 40 is 200 minus five is 195. This guy's got 195 scars on his back. Okay. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. You know what they did back then? They tied your feet and took your shoes off and beat your feet. And they broke the tarsals, the connective tissues in your feet. So you limped for the rest of your life. This is a guy that's got 195 scars. He's hobbling. He's, he's, he's been in shipwrecks. One time he said, I've been in fastings and I've been in hungerings. Hungering is when you've got food, but you choose not to eat. Fasting is when, or fasting is rather when you had food and, and you chose not to eat. But hunger is when you'd like to eat, but you ain't got anything to eat. And he, he goes through all these perils that he went through. And, and I, I get a big kick out of people saying, 
uh, take the, fire, the shield of faith and it'll quench all the fiery darts. Well, all you got to do is remember who's writing that. If you'll just have faith, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Oh, really? This guy treads water for a day and a night in a shipwreck. He's been beaten. He's got scars. You've got to understand. You gotta, um, I, whatever, this is a final service. I don't get another crowd coming in, so I can teach to you right now. Listen to me. It, the, the dart, ladies and gentlemen, is not that, that, that everything bad is going to stay away from you. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, okay? Life is not fair. God's just, all right? Now, just understand that. And, 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 and there's, there's nothing wrong with being healthy, but that's not how Satan gets you. If you're healthy, you're going to be like my dad. Oh, just bite a bullet. That's what he'd say. Oh, shake it off. Cause my dad never got sick. My dad had a heart attack at the gym. They called me. Pastor Aubin, your dad's having a heart attack. I go there. He's laying on the floor. They got all this stuff on there. Say, see here? He's having a heart attack. I, I, I said, I can't read that. I picked him up, unplugged him. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking him to the hospital. You can't do that. He'll die. I said, he's my dad. He won't hold it against me. I'm not giving you five grand to go three blocks. The hospital's just right down the road. I put my dad in my truck. He said, take me home. I'm fine. I said, shut up. We're going to the hospital. <laughs> A cardiologist comes out, nice guy. Mr. Hoffman, uh, how old are you? I'm 80, or I'm 91. Mr. Hoffman, you know what's coming. Mr. Hoffman, who's your primary care physician? <laughs> he looked at me and said, what's that? I said, he don't have one. He said, well, I guess that answers the next question. I said, what medications are you on? He said, none. He said, Mr. Hoffman, uh, when was the last time you ate? He said, we've been on consecration at the church. I, I've been fasting for three days. And the doctor said, what do you mean fast? He said, what do you think it means? It means water. No Daniel fast for Harry. None of this thing eating at mid, when the sun goes down. He, we're not talking Ramadan here, man. Harry's hardcore. He said, Mr. Hoppin, how far did you run today? I only ran seven miles. He said, I usually run 10. He said, wait a minute, you're 91. You have no doctor. You're on no medications. You haven't eaten for three days. <laughs> you just ran seven miles. He said, go home, Mr. Hoffman. You're fine. He said, I told you I was fine. <laughs> I took my dad out in the back of that parking lot. All of a sudden we heard somebody yelling, Harry, Harry. That was my dad's name. Here's the cardiologist in his scrubs. Runs out, grabs my dad, said, Harry, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> uh, I got so many stories going on here right now. Gee whiz. You just, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. This guy is under a pile of rocks in Lystra. He, now, I don't know if he, he didn't know if he was dead. Whether I was in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. But he said I was caught up to the third heaven. <laughs> it's kind of cool because the next day, he crawled... You see, now I understand why he's got to have a doctor with him all the time. He, he, he crawls out from under this rock pile and he said, let's go home, boys. And Barnabas goes, well, it's about time, boss. Let's go. And, and, and he said, let's go to Lystra or let's go to Derby. Derby's 18 miles. Do you understand? Paul walked 18 miles from Lystra to Derby the day after they stoned him. Build a church is in Derby. He said, oh, then that's when he said, let's go home. And they're going, hey, there's a, there's a dock right here. Let's go. We'll go right across the Mediterranean. We'll go back to Jerusalem. He said, no, we're going to backtrack, which means we're going back to Lystra, which is where they just stoned him. And when he walks in, that's where he met Timothy. Timothy said, isn't that the preacher they tried to kill? Look at that dude, man. That's the kind of pastor I want. And that's when Timothy signed up and became a protege of Paul for the rest of his life. Because listen to me, you're indestructible until God's done with you. You hear that? You hear that? You hear that? It's just, it's just you, you don't understand what's going on. You are indestructible. If, if God's done, all the king's horses and all the king's men not going to put you and Humpty Dumpty back together. Okay? But if God's not done with you, you're coming out of this. All right? It's like Paul. Paul said, I sought the Lord three times. And finally he said, no, I'm not going to heal you. He said, okay, here's the Bible lesson. If you're in a trouble right now, you just assume the answer is yes. 
Okay? If God legitimately tells you no, no means no. However, if he doesn't say no, the answer is yes. Hang on. Believe. Have faith. Keep magnifying and worshiping God. Don't just have his spirit. Have some speech. Have some truth. Have some words. Have some praise and worship to go along with this Holy Ghost you claim you got. All right? Because this is powerful, ladies and gentlemen. He said there's a third heaven. If there's a third heaven, then reason dictates there has to be a second heaven and there has to be a first heaven. But when you read Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 14, Moses talked about the heaven of heavens. Hmm. See, I, I believe the first heaven is the atmosphere. Genesis talks about that. The firmament, which means space between. He put a space between the water and the clouds from the water that was on the earth. And he called that firmament heaven. The first heaven is our atmosphere. It's where the birds and planes fly. The second heaven, amen, is where the stars live. The third heaven is the heaven of heavens. It's the throne of God himself. All right? First heaven you see by day. Second heaven you see by night. Third heaven you see by faith. Okay? You got that? It's a powerful, powerful, powerful principle. But understand something. This guy is under rocks. Read read Revelation chapter 1. John said, "I, I, I was on Patmos on the Lord's day. And he said, I was in the spirit. I like that. You see that? That means geography doesn't need to limit you. Just because you're on Patmos doesn't mean you can't get in the presence of God. He was on Patmos, but in the spirit. See, everybody wants, everybody wants paradise, but nobody wants the Patmos. You know, it's it's like, it's it's like, it's like Paul. Everybody wants the revelation without the rock. (laughs) You want the revelation? You got to have the rock, pal. There's the Old Testament priests. They, they had this breastplate on, on, the, on the front of them. And on this breastplate were 12 stones. And each one of these precious stones was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he wore it over his heart. See that there? On the back, he had a plate just like that one on the front. It counterbalanced that heavy thing that he wore on his front. But see that thing on his shoulder? Looks like epaulets. You know what those are called? They're called ouches. <laughs> You want the revelation? You can't have the revelation without the ouch. I'm sorry. There are some ouches in this. There are some things that go, ow. All right. You want paradise? You get them on Patmos. You want the revelation? Are you willing to have have the rocks? And it's important, ladies and gentlemen, because when I I realized what, what Isaiah was saying, I saw the Lord high and lifted. Lifted. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible that says his name is above every name. But there's another verse that says his name is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name named in this world and in the world to come. That pretty much takes care of all of it. So there's above and there's far above. It's what Isaiah is talking about, high and lifted. Why was it lifted? Because of the worship that was around that throne. Something called, I've heard about cherubims, but there's only one time in the Bible, it's in Isaiah 6, it talks about seraphims, which means the angels above. What does that mean? I I believe as the church, his name is above every name, okay? But you and I have, have the ability... See, see, the last five chapters of Psalms, or the, uh, Psalms 146 through 150, read, read how 146, you know how it begins? Praise ye the Lord. 147, praise ye the Lord. 148, praise ye the Lord. 149, praise ye the Lord. All right? Look at 150, praise ye the Lord. But look at verse 5, 150, and, 150 Psalms, verse 5. It said, praise him upon the symbols and the loud. The loud there's loud symbols and there's high sounding symbols. All right? You know what a hi-hat is? If you're a drummer, you know what a hi-hat is. There, that's a hi-hat. That's that little thing over there to the left. It's really nice. All right? Now look what he's going to put up behind me now. That's not a hi-hat. That's a crash. I remember when I was a kid, I got the honor of playing first, first chair saxophone in the Wellsburg orchestra and it's Christmas time and everybody's there coming to hear Christmas music and our band leader Mr. Mansperger he said we're going to do something fun now he said we're going to give you the the theme from Hogan's Heroes 
And our special star today will be Harold Huffman. And if you ever remember Hogan's Heroes, da, 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 and then Harold goes, da, 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 that was my part, the da, 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 But I had a friend named Brian Furta who loved drums, man. And Brian has these big dudes, man. And they got like big muffins on the end of big leather holes. And he's waiting for the time because you get right at the end of that thing, man. And Mansperger would go like that. And Brian Furter would go, wham! We're not talking no, no hi-hat here. We're not talking... I'm talking, you ever go to them big Chinese restaurant where they get that big gong? Get that dude who looks like a ball bat? I remember the first time I heard that in Hong Kong. It was like, wow, what is that? That, my, my dear brother and sister, that's, that's a high sounding symbol. David said in chapter 150, there's symbols and there's high sounding symbols. But look at 149. In 149, this is what he said in verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And look what happens. It says, if you'll do this, this is verse eight. You'll bind their kings with chains. You'll bind their nobles with fetters of iron. Watch the next verse. This privilege has all of the saints, this honor. We're not talking about bands and orchestras here. We're talking about worship and praise. Because ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's symbols and then there's, there's high sounding symbols. There's praise and there's high praise. Let the high praise of God. What's that mean? You can lift him. You have the ability to get beneath the name of Jesus and exalt his name into a strata that did not exist without the church. That you elevate him to his far above. Amen. Who is that baby cheering me on? Yes, sir. Amen. Way to go, Elisha. He knows good preaching when he hears it. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I guess that's why my mother, my mother's here somewhere. She gave me an amplified Bible. Harold, have you ever heard of the amplified? No, I went to Bible school. You know, King James. That's the one Jesus used, you know. She said, I'm going to give you one of these. One of the greatest gifts I've ever been given as a student of the word. My mom gave me a copy of the Amplified Bible. You know why I like it? Because it's amplified. You know what the word amplified means? Loud. I like it loud. Hmm. I like reading the word and all of a sudden it's just not whispering to me. It's going, hey, look at this. I'm getting my older. My ears don't work as good as they used to. I've shot guns and been around machinery for years. I did, it's Christmas time, we, we did the Youth Congress at Somerset Inn. <laughs> it, I'll be honest with you, it hurt my ears a little bit. You know, and Renee said, you wanna leave? Not a chance, man. Look, there's 700 kids up there around the altar. Loud, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you something about hell. Nobody is in hell gonna go, I don't have a Kleenex. Where? Give me one of them, Ash. Give me the whole box. Yeah, there we go. If you're going to hell, you're going to need one of these. Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't make it. You think that's what people are going to do in hell? They're going to go, ah! Wailing, weeping, biting. I'll tell you what the flip side of that is. It's not, hey, Jesus, I know you're worthy of honor and glory and power and might, dominion and ever and ever. Amen. The Bible said when you go to New Jerusalem, there's 30 minutes of silence. It's the grand sila of the ages. You're going to go, it's, it could happen today, you know. 
You, you, it's just going to be like, like any other day. It just really is. It's going to be all of a sudden, bam, you're there. And all of a sudden, this, it, it dawns on you. I, <laughs> I made it. Hot dog, I made it. You can't say nothing. You're just like, <gasps> and all of a sudden, I, 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 I see there's Angie West over there saying, my God, have mercy, Angie's here. Well, if Angie's here, I, I know Dwayne's got to be here. Because my God, if Angie made it, Dwayne, they told me crime rate went down 30% in Hazel Park when Dwayne got in the church. You know, my God, have mercy. I mean, I used to, where's Ray Martinez? He's probably out in the, is he out in the lobby? I used to call him Rotten Ray. I did. He was a, he was a, he was a booger. He, 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 was, he was a dude, man. <laughs> First time I'm, I called them the two Sues, Susan Martinez and Susan Fellows. They went to this stupid church where the preacher told them, divorce your husbands. They're never going to serve God. The Bible said, what, what fellowship does light have with darkness? You just, you, you, you just get, rid of, get rid of them men. And they called me and said, well, could we have a meeting with you? And I said, sure. They said, our pastor told us that we need to divorce our husband. I said, oh, really? Where's that in the Bible? Where's in that Bible you just throw somebody away? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, now, now look what Jim Fellows has become. Look what Ray Martinez has become. Oh, God. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't throw you away? Oh, God, have mercy. It's just, oh, it's just, it's just, I've said for years that when your memories become more important than your dreams, you're getting old. You know, I, I was at a Louisiana camp meeting, largest camp meeting in America. And, and I was sitting by a wonderful old elder named Tom Fred Tenney. And this, this young or this older guy up there said, I remember them good old days. And Brother Tenney was right beside me, had this high voice, said, Brother Harold. He said, I was in them old, the good old days. They weren't good old days weren't always that good. He said, right there, I still remember where he said, he said, I'm more excited about the kingdom right now than I've ever been in my life. Yeah, that's, that's what he talked about right on his deathbed. That's what he talked about. Kingdom's in good hands. <laughs> See, here's, here's Ashley, you know, you know, her daddy's H-E, you know, but sometimes Ashley's H-E, she's half empty, you know. She calls me, Ma, Grandma's in trouble, Daddy. Grandma's in trouble. She called me yesterday before yesterday. Mom ain't cooking, Dad. All she's doing is decorating. Decorated for days for Kelsey. As soon as Kelsey's gone, now she's decorating for Kinsey. They're coming from Ohio, Dad. Grandma and I had to go to McDonald's to get something to eat. Mom's not cooking, Dad. I said, is there anything good going on, Ash? <laughs> So I try to be positive and optimistic, but I want to warn you, because not just people in this room, people that are watching, if there's anybody watching this, hmm, and you, you, you don't plan on serving the Lord, you better button your chin strap, Flash, because your career move, you're, 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 it's going to be a bumpy road. But let me tell you what it says in Isaiah, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Which means if you don't serve him, it's going down the toilet. It's getting worse. If you serve him, it's just going to keep getting better. If you let him govern your life, if you put him on the throne of your life, I promise you, it'll get better. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. We're getting there. I'm not done yet, but I'm not, we're getting there. <laughs> I like old, I like music. Every morning I get up, I listen to music. Every morning. My, it gets, my wife gets frustrated with me. And it's not always Christian music, you know. I, 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 was, I was listening to, to uh, Merle Ewing sing a day ago. It was great. Yonder sound of battle. It was great. I love that. I got a guy from Australia named Tommy Emmanuel. You want to hear something amazing? Go home on YouTube today and just type in Tommy Emmanuel, Amazing Grace. That's all I need to tell you. It's the greatest guitar rendition of Amazing Grace I personally have ever heard. 
I love that stuff. I like all kinds of music. I really do. And she says, I, I, like, I like rap songs if they're the right words. They are. It's just, I, I, I've, I've heard young people around the country do rap songs for church. I'm just smiling. And there'll be some old reprobate there going. When I was a kid, we, we, we used to sing a song. It's dark as a dungeon. And the sun seldom shines. And I question, Lord, why must this be? Say, oh God, I just wanted to die. You ever, you, you young people never heard this. Thank God you never heard this one. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus, signal still. Wave. The answer back to heaven. If we don't all backslide, we will. But the Bible talks about psalms, hymns, and spirit songs. What is a song? It's, we, we've already got the song. Put them to music. What are hymns? There are some precious old hymns we should never lose. And we're, 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 we're sadder and, 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 and barren if we lose all them precious hymns. But some of them, thank God, we never sing again. Right. Remember Chris Christopherson? Why me, Lord? What did I ever do? It's like, oh, oh, just kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> Gee whiz. I get tired of elders saying, I don't like that music. Do you really think hell's going to be quiet? I don't. And I don't think the New Jerusalem's going to be quiet either. I like it loud. Bible said it'll be like the voice of many waters. Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power and might forever and ever and ever and ever. Why? You got the Holy Ghost? Great. But do you, have some, do you have some speech to go along with that spirit? Do you have some, some word to go along with that? Huh? It's spirit and truth. Amen. A lot of people claim the Holy Ghost, but they never worship and praise. All they do is criticize. Let me give you a verse. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Wow. How about this? I'll make... I'll indict you. Here's 96 and one. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. And don't leave any of us out. There's no better example of that than Honorato Neto. Where you at, elder? Are you back there? Wave at me. There he is. Draylon, Draylon and James do this song. Give me Jesus. That's not how it starts. Oh, 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 I'm up here around the altar and I hear this croaking old voice. Oh, 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 I turn around, it's Neto. How old are you? 80. He's not afraid to sing a new song. Thank God for elders that aren't just going to criticize but are going to say, hey, as long as we're magnifying God, we got all these young people, I'm going to be right smack down. Oh, 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 oh. So, well, where's the word? Ain't no words, man. It's just whoa. <laughs> it's, it's just, listen, I'll go fast. Here's 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now, thanks be to God, which always causeth us to triumph. <laughs> Matthew, give, 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 me, give me Ohio State and Michigan. Watch. Watch this. This, this. this is pretty cool, man. All right? 27, 26. They got it. Michigan. Please find the Ohio State football player. Sorry, Phil. Finally, after Ohio State kicked their rear end for year after year after year. All right? Just, you you want to hear? No, losers don't have a victory dance. Losers just sulk into the 
into the, into the shower, change your clothes, and they're gone. That's the way people are in church. That's what I love about this church. I asked an old elder, James Kilgore, one time. I said, why do you think Life Tabernacle was such a powerful force? He said, two reasons. We were givers. He said, we led the nation in giving. And he said, second of all, our altar services. He said, our people lingered around the altar. We'd come to the end of church and they just stay. Sound familiar? (laughs) Biggest piece of furniture in the Old Testament was the altar. That's the biggest piece in their life. All right? It's just, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to be a prophet here. I hope Michigan wins next year. Phil Heskett hopes they don't. Phil might be right, I might be wrong. I promise you this, sooner or later, Michigan's going to lose. All right? Now, let me tell you what Paul said. He always causes me to triumph, which means the church should always be rejoicing like that victorious team right there. I don't care if you wear red or maize and blue. He's all, I'm always a winner. He always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. I've done it hundreds of times in this church and I've done it all over the world. I'm getting older. You ought to hear. You ought to hear how I get introduced now. I heard Jerry Clower one time said, I was in Cleveland. He said, you would have thought my mama wrote the reviews. He said, wow. I was in Illinois Wednesday. You should have heard that introduction I got there. It was amazing. I want to say, who are they talking about? So I, I deface it. You know, I've learned a few things over the years. People love self-deprecating humor. They don't like preachers who take themselves too serious. So they'll give me some flowery introduction and I'll go, well, out of all the introductions I've ever received, that's the most recent. (laughs) Or, Or I'll say, thank you, Pastor, for reading that exactly the way I wrote it. I appreciate that. And that kind of disarms the crowd. But most of the time, when they're, would you please put your hands together for amazing Harold Hoffman, you know? And I just come out there and the first thing I do is I look up and I start going like this. And I say this, clap your hands, all you people. And shout, don't just clap. Clapping you, don't, don't, just, don't just clap and go hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap, shout, and use your mouth with the voice of a winner. A winner. I, I, get, I get tired of going to church and I call it golf clap. Nice shot. Nice sermon, Reverend. I was preaching in a place one time and this old man came up to me and said, hell of a good sermon. Hell of a good sermon, Reverend. Scared the hell out of us. That's what he said. Good. That's what I want to do. Scare the hell out of you. So you go to heaven. Did you ever have anybody tell you go to hell? I have. I want to tell them, hey, let's go to heaven. People have been telling me we'll go to hell for years. How about I say, let's go to heaven. All right. You want to, is that too crude for you? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to mess with your head here right now because I get so frustrated with people who claim to have the Holy Ghost and they go, well, you know, put that, put that yellow envelope in the dish. There you go, Reverend. You happy now? Hey, dummy. God washed away our sins, filled us with his spirit, gave us his word, gave us the church family, gave us his name. Oh, oh. For God's sakes. Dear Jesus. It's just. Ladies and gentlemen, go to the beginning. Nothing changed until God spoke. And nothing's going to change until you speak. Watch. I'll give you. Here's Revelation. Watch. Here's here's Psalms 8 and 2. Okay. Psalms 8. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies. Okay, that's Psalms 8. This is Jesus semi-quoting it in Matthew 21. Listen to what he said. Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. You know what the word ordained means? And not just a high high paid preacher that's got an O after his name in the manual of the UPC. 
I tell people, if you have local license, you can gossip about local stuff. You got general license, you can gossip about general stuff. But if you're ordained, you can gossip about preachers. <laughs> you know what the word ordained means? It means it's going to happen. It's ordained. You ever been around an Orthodox Jew and they go, Shalom? Shalom. Most people think that means peace be unto you. And it does, but it means more than that. It means wholeness. That there's nothing missing in your life. That you're complete. What are you saying? I'm saying there's praise. And then you can get to a place where you perfect it. I'm not talking kindergarten here. I'm talking perfected praise. When you get to where you perfect your praise. Strength is ordained. It has to happen. If you'll perfect your praise. Oh, Jesus. Get this, ladies and gentlemen, because we got something really cool going to happen in just a minute. Here's Job, you know. Job said, I looked in front of me, I couldn't find him. I looked behind him, he wasn't there. I looked to the right, I couldn't, I couldn't behold him. I looked to the left, he wasn't there. He looked everywhere except one place. Because this is what the Bible says. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your hands. Lift up your mouth. King of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? Listen to what Brother Morgan said. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. We... We look every place except the right place. You're not going to find your answer on this plane. You've got to lift up your eyes. Watch. Here's, here's Acts. Acts chapter 3. It's Pentecostal church. You, you know about Acts 2, right? Yeah, Holy Ghost and all that tongue talking. You know about that. This is Acts 3. It, it says that... Peter and John went up. I, I, I could spend a lot of time there. But whenever you go to pray, you're going up. You ain't going, you're not Jonah. Jonah went down. Everything about, when you go to pray, you're going up. Peter and John went up together. And obviously Luke's there. Luke wrote the book of Acts. He doesn't say he's there, but I know he's there because there's this guy that hasn't been able to walk since he was born. He's got a really good spot. A really, I remember when we were building this building, there was a guy down by T.J. Maxx on, on, on John R. when T.J. was down there. And he had the whole get up, you know. He had the, the, the pack pack with the flag and he had the dog and, and the little red bandana around the dog's neck. And I said, I'll pay you $15 an hour if you'll help us work on the church. And he said, do you, do you have any idea how much money I make every day sitting here? You know. I remember another one I looked at. I said, hey, you got change for a $100 bill? Yeah, buddy, no problem. Pulled out a big water, 20s. Had a good spot. This guy's got a good spot. Cigar box with pencils in it, you know. Got the backpack, the flag, the dog. Hey, buddy, you got any change? You got any, you got any alms? Peter said, you know what, pal? Uh... No, don't have any money. I got something better. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, get up. I know Luke was there because watch, this is what it says. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. They were just fishermen. They didn't get it. But that old doctor saw them atrophied, twisted ankles and went, oh man, that's a bad and he said, in the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden, snap, crackle, pop. Did you ever see them mixed martial arts guys? They're laying on a, and all of a sudden they go, whoo, and they jump up without putting their hands. It's like, I, wow, I wish I could do that. I can't do that right now. <laughs> this is what it said. And he leaping up stood. <laughs> I love that. Whoo. And he goes to church with them three boys. 
And all they're saying, they're saying, isn't that the guy with the, with the pencils in the box that's been begging? He's at a place, I wish I had time to show it to you. The Bible said he broke down the middle wall of partition between us. Because that's where the guy was. That gave beautiful. That's where the wall was. If you are this people, you can't go past this place. This guy goes into church. He's dancing and shouting. And they're all saying, it's, it's some preachers. And, they, and he said, don't look on us like we did some great thing. This is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So I'm reading that this week. And I, I'm talking to a dear friend of mine named Edwin Harper. And he said, I got a scripture for you, Harold. And he started reading. And I realized with Revelation that Acts 2 doesn't end with verse 38. There's more in there than verse 38. Verse 39 says, for the promises unto you and unto your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I really like this as a preacher. And with many other words. <laughs> That's when a preacher said, you know, I'm closing. What does that mean? Doesn't mean nothing, okay? <laughs> and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. And then they that gladly received the word were baptized. And that same day the Lord added about 3,000 souls. That's verse 41. Watch verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the doctrine and in fellowship. And they had dinner together and they prayed together. And fear came upon them and wonders and signs happened. And, and they were together and they were unified. And they sold their possessions. And, and they gave an amazing offering. So when the guy says, hey, preacher, you got any money? And you say, no, I gave it all last week to imagine. I had a lot more money last Sunday than I do today. But today I got a lot more favor of God than I had last week. What? All my life I've heard this phrase. How about putting your money where your mouth is? We did, Flash. We have put our money where our mouth is. And you know what followed that first sacrificial offering in the New Testament church? A mass healing and miracles and wonders came because of their willingness to give. We're right in the middle of that book right now. I'll tell you this and then we're going to baptize some people. Here's the woman with the issue of blood. She crawls through the feet, okay? Here's Zacchaeus. He climbs up a tree. But when you read the Bible, it's the crowd's so big, they tear the roof off, man. And they got this little cot and probably four ropes, and they're letting this guy down. Here's Jesus teaching. All of a sudden, whoop, comes his bed swaying back and forth with this semi-comatose guy in there. He doesn't expect the guy to display any faith. And this is what it says. When he saw their faith. So to me, he looks up and there's his hole in the roof and there's four grinning sets of teeth going. You go, Jesus, you're the man. You're the man. And then he said, son, thy sins be forgiven me. And there's these hypocrites in the back and they're in their mind they're going, only God can forgive sins. Right. It's a rhetorical question. You just answered your own question. He must be God then if he's forgiven sins. <laughs> and Jesus said, hey, 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 dummy, what's, what's, what's easier to do? Heal a body or forgive sins? And there in the back, they're going. Who, me? And they wouldn't answer him. And he said, watch, listen with Revelation but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. I say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately the guy's made whole. See, here's most people's problem. God heals them physically and they put a period after the healing. Jesus said, I'll heal people's body to prove 
that I can forgive sins. I'll do something in the physical man to prove that I can do something in your spirit man. We have just given, as far as I know, three other pastors called me. It's the largest offering. Guess what? Where's Laura Neto? Is she in this room? Where's she? I'm not lying. We just got seven more thousand dollars that we didn't know about. Boom. So it wasn't 701. It's seven. She said, just remember 708 That's what you remember. $708,800. All right. It just keeps coming. All right. We've just given what, what possibly is the largest cash offering in the history of this movement. So you know what I believe now? We're going to see some healings. We're going to see some miracles. But here's the deal. When God heals the body, don't stop there. Keep on going, man. Because if you just get your body healed, you're fixing to die again. Get your sins dealt with. Stand with me. You're fixing to see that right now. You're fixing to see a miracle. (laughs) Right here. Abracadabra. You're fixing to see thousands of things just disappear. Why? Because I understand the word. This is an apostolic church. Spirit-filled church. But let me tell you what. Spirit ain't going to change anything by itself. You have to have spirit and truth. You have to have spirit and speaking. You've got to have somebody willing to perfect their praise. Because praise and worship is the rocket fuel that will propel you into the miraculous. In Jesus' name. These folks are going to sing. People are going to get baptized. I invite you to come. I know you already come up here. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. However, there may be some unfinished business in this room right now. However, there may be something that just needed some word just to be able to give them faith because faith comes by what you hear and hearing by the word of God. So I've done my best to teach you some word for the last hour or so. Now, I'm inviting you one more time around this altar. People that are watching us online, all over, the, all over this country, people are watching this right now. Sister Hudson is in Arizona. I was in the general conference in October, and this precious lady came and sat by me, and she said, do you remember me, Harold? And I said, yes, ma'am, I remember you, Judy Hudson. They, they pastored in Arizona, precious, just wonderful people. And her husband had a stroke, and she called me yesterday, and she said, Harold, we don't, we, we don't miss, don't miss. She said, well, let me show you something. She took her phone and she said, look at this. Here was her husband, Tommy, sitting on the couch with a guy I didn't know. She said, this is our neighbor. He's the chief of police. What you don't realize is they're watching you and the church service live streamed right then. She said, after our neighbor saw that live stream, he wanted to be baptized and was baptized in the name of the Lord and filled with the Spirit because of, of, of that, that vehicle. But she called me. She said, would you please have the church pray for Tommy? Would you please? I said, yes, ma'am, we will. <laughs> because if God ain't done with Tommy, Tommy's going to stick around. All right? Would you, would you raise your hands and your voice with me right now? Precious holy God. By the authority of the word of God and in the power of the name Jesus, we are believing you, God, right now. You said you can open a door and when you do, nobody can shut it. You can shut a door and when you do, nobody can open it. So, Lord, I come against every obstacle, every opponent, every enemy of the word and of truth. I'm believing you, God, right now in this room and in that air. I'm asking, you said you're the prince Amen. Every good and perfect thing is from above. I'm asking you, God, right now, God of the airways, I'm asking you right now, Lord, to take the spirit that's in this room and transpose it from this room to living rooms. Amen. The bedrooms where people are lying sick. I'm believing you, God, right now. Amen. Let prayer take wings. Let prayer take wings. I'm asking you, God, let something angelic, let ministering spirits come out of this room here right now. Time means nothing to you. Distance means nothing to you, Lord. I believe in you, Lord, that right while we're praying, you're healing, you're mending, you're repairing. 
right now behind me, Lord. Sins are being washed away. Right in front, right in front of us. We are putting our mouth where our money is. We're not just gonna give an offering. We're gonna combine our giving and our sacrifice with our worship and our praise. Leaving God for miracles, signs, wonders. In Jesus' name. Oh.